0: with Nesting Dolls Realty powered by EXP Realty here in Asheville, North Carolina where my team and I are helping dozens of people relocate to the Asheville area. Living in Asheville podcast, just like my YouTube channel, is all about living, breathing, going to school, having babies, different neighborhoods, different parts of town, different towns around Asheville, everything you need to know about living and moving to the Asheville area. If you need help relocating to Asheville, North Carolina, reach out to me and my team. Our contact information is down in the description. I have a lot of people reaching out to me from all over the United States who want to come to Asheville or to the Asheville area and who want to buy a piece of property, piece of vacant land and buy and build it, their house there. Land in general and building process in Western North Carolina has its own unique features and things you need to consider if you are thinking about building on the vacant lot. You might already know that Western North Carolina is a mountainous region of North Carolina. So finding flat land here is challenging at best. (laughs) Pretty much it doesn't exist. It's, It's super hard to find anything flat. And if flat parts of the region do exist, they typically are already taken. So there's nothing more available. It would be very rare or super duper expensive. And for the record, those who made some comments that our mountains are not real mountains, they're just hills compared to some Western mountains, the Appalachian mountain range are some of the oldest, if not the oldest in the world, they're just weathered. Give those Western mountains another couple hundred million years and they might look just like our hills. So I just want to get this out of the way and once and for all and move on. <laughs> right. So back to vacant land. Buying vacant land and building a house from scratch on a vacant lawn uh, on a vacant lot have all these different costs associated with it. And the costs and issues that might come up or are very obvious, depend on where this vacant lot is. For example, if you're buying a vacant lot in the city limits, most of the time you will have access to city water and city sewer. And of course, electricity is right there. So more than half of your issues were um, things that might come up and most of your costs associated with building a house. Not building the house but uh, building infrastructure for the house, you know, are taken care of. There's city water, city sewer, electricity is right there, probably on the neighboring or the street next over, or right on the road right there. So, you know, there's really nothing else you need to do, just maybe cut some trees. Clear the lot, prep the um, grade the lot for foundation, things like that. One thing, uh, or a couple of things to consider in this situation is zoning, and that will tell you how uh, how many houses you can build on this vacant lot. For example, the setbacks, you know, and that will determine, you know, how also how big of a house you can put on the lot. If the lot is too small. You might not be able to put a big house on it, depending on the setbacks, and also deed restrictions. And deed restrictions actually, you know, uh, go all over um, not just vacant lots in the city limits, but in all the um, vacant lots available for sale anywhere. Restrictions can include things like no modular homes allowed, no mobile homes allowed, square footage minimum square footage, and things like that. If the vacant plot is located in, in a subdivision or a community and has HOA involved, then there, are, there might be even more restrictions involved, uh, such as architectural review, what you can and cannot do on the property. For example, some don't allow fences in the front yard, some don't allow outbuildings or like sheds just all these different various restrictions that HOA can impose. So you really need to be aware of those. And really, if you're working with a realtor, he or she should be able to guide you through these steps and things to watch out for. One other thing that I think is super important to consider doing during your due diligence period, if you are you know, buying vacant land. Not just in city limits, but anywhere else is doing a survey, and I know sometimes it can be hard or challenging or very expensive to do a survey if there's like a hundred acres or something like that, and it can take forever. But survey will is basically the only way for you to know the exact property lines, um, unless a previous owner already had a survey and you could find and identify those metal pins in the ground or the uh, seller can show you those um, pins and um, show you the boundary lines. The survey can identify uh, any possible encroachments from neighboring properties. Um, And if that's the case, the seller needs to take care of those before the closing and before it becomes your problem. But also if you don't have a survey in your name, title insurance will not be able to protect you against like some kind of um, disputes or if there's like an encroachment and it comes up later, you know, after you already bought the property, title insurance will not be able to help you with that. And that's huge. So surveys are super important and can eliminate any additional costs and headache down the road. Now let's talk about vacant land out of city limits in the county, in different counties, not just Buncombe County, but any other county in Western North Carolina when, where there are mountains. Um, a lot of people think that they can, you know they see all these listings that uh, kind of sound like a good deal. And I've talked about, about it in other videos as well. and we have a saying here that when it's cheap, it's steep. If somebody is telling me that they want to buy some land for and their budget is 60,000 and they want like 20 acres I mean that pretty much tells me that the only thing they're going to probably going to be able to find will be something on the side of the mountain. I mean, there will be it, it's going to be very hard to find something that's going to be flat and usable. I mean, yes, they're going to f- They're gonna be able to 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 buy side of the mountain with all the privacy and woods and all that, but you know not something that will be readily uh, usable and ready to build on. There are a lot of vacant land uh, listings that's been on the market for years, and I mean the reason they were on the market for years is because they are like this. You know you have to climb and if you think that it you know it costs it's it's a cheap lot it's very affordable it's going to cost you twice or three times four times or even more to develop that land and just put be able to put just that one house with a driveway coming up to it and this is what i'm going to be talking about next quick side note that i just want to make here before i go on about the cost is that when you're buying vacant land in Western North Carolina, you or your realtor, and really it's a realtor's job to guide you through the process, should check not only on things like uh, how steep it is, and that's very easily to verify on GIS maps. You don't have to drive there sometimes to realize that it's going to be like this, but also stability index. Is this land and lot Even suitable for building. I mean, there might be, you know, it might be all, um, if you look on GIS, covered with those purple and uh, pink spots. And that means it's not a stable land. You can't really build on it. Or, you know, it's going to be probably super duper expensive to build on it. And it's not going to be worth it. So that goes to any vacant land whether it's in city limits or outside of city limits, doesn't matter. These are the two things that can be easily verified just looking at GIS maps and looking at all those filters that are available pretty much in every county. Now if you are outside of city limits and actually the farther you go from city limits, it's not uncommon to see, and it becomes very common and basically the only option To have septic instead of city sewer because city sewer will not be available there. So every, pretty much every house out in the county will be on septic. One thing about septic is that once you have it installed, you don't have a monthly bill from a city. You know, unlike people who live in the city, they have monthly water and or bi-monthly water and sewer bills. Um, Those who live on the septic. don't have those bills. All right. Now, when you buy land, you need to make sure that you can actually have it installed because believe it or not, some places are very hard or impossible to install septic system on. And that is why during your due diligence period, and that is the period where you inspect the property and do all these tests that you need to do to make sure that you can build a house. You need to do a perk test and that's ordered and that's done by the county. You pay a small fee and depending on the county, it might be different, but then the county orders a perk test. Somebody just comes there, digs a hole and they do their thing. Different counties have different rules about it. I feel like Buncombe County, for example, is easier uh, to deal with. Henderson County, for example, is a much more pain. they will actually need you to submit a house plan usually that's done by the builder a builder need to put a, a sketch of a house plan on a uh, land on a, on a plat with all the setbacks draw uh, where the driveway would need to be and then indicate where you know the septic might go so you know if a if a lot is kind of small there might be only one place for a septic to be and that's where the county would go and test the soil at. Now, can you change the position of the house or can you change the house? Yeah. Down the road. Yeah, you can do that. But that again, if you decide to do that before having a septic installed, you would need to pay again that fee and have a county come out, do a perk test, issue a permit. So. To tell you know a uh, long story short <laughs> it can be a pain it can take weeks to do that because uh, county is kind of behind on all those tests and all those things uh, and it can be anywhere from four weeks up to two months or even more before they can even come out and do the perk test so that's important thing that's something that you should you must do during your due diligence period because you don't want all those surprises down the road after you already paid after you became an owner and then just to realize that hey you cannot even put a house here with a septic what are you gonna do now so you might wonder all right how much does it cost to put a septic right usually it can be right around five thousand dollars to put septic in on on a vacant lot but if it doesn't perk in a certain place and you have to put a septic tank and septic above the house. Let's say your house is right here. You have to put a septic right here. So all the contents from the house have to go, travel up the hill and you would need to have a pump that would bring the cost up to about $10,000. So twice more just to have septic and a pump pump all the contents from the house to the septic. So anywhere from 10, I mean anywhere from five to ten thousand dollars ballpark. The next thing you're gonna need and you cannot live without in a modern society is water, running water. Uh, and in out in the county, pretty much everyone is sitting on a well, whether it's private well or shared well between like two or three houses or the whole community. Everyone is there out on the well. And that's another thing um, that can cost, depending on the depth, how much they have to drill, they can cost a lot of money. As an example, in our region, each area has an average depth of 600 feet and estimated at about $11,000. And there's always extremes, you know, the deepest that I've heard that they had to drill Was 1400 feet, 1400 feet, and you know that's gonna cost a lot of money. I've heard cases when people drilled or you know had well companies drill in three different places and they couldn't find water at all. And after 25,000, you know, already spent on trying to figure out where they're gonna put um, a well, they finally decided to um, get water from. a spring that was on the property. But you might not always be that lucky and have a spring on the property. I mean, those are extreme cases, but you know how, as soon as you say, that's not going to happen to me, it can happen. So I'm just just here to kind of warn you and tell you about the best and worst (laughs) case scenarios. Next thing is um, grading and clearing and preparing the um, Site for building, and yes, because our mountains are so old, they are basically all covered with woods. You, you're not gonna see those, you know, mountains like you see in Utah and um, Arizona and Colorado, where they're just uh, bare, they don't, they don't have any uh, trees on it. Our mountains are covered with trees, and a lot of vacant land is gonna be covered with trees, it's not gonna be cleared. So, clearing. Uh, just enough to put the driveway and clear the lot for just the house can cost a lot of money. Clearing can, depending on the size of the trees, can be anywhere from fifteen to twenty-five thousand dollars or more. Depend again, depending on the size of the lot. That doesn't include the gravel. Uh, gravel in the ground uh, in the driveway can cost, I mean, about twenty-five thousand. Again, this number is just a ballpark. It can be way more, um, and if you choose to pave, it's going to be an additional cost. So as you can see, there's all these ranges. You know, I can't give you one number because it, you know there's all these variables: the size of the lot, the steepness of the lot, how wooded it is. Just to cut one tree, some companies charge like eight hundred dollars. So if you count the trees that you have to clear that can add up to a lot of money. Of course, every house has to have electricity. You cannot live without electricity as well as internet. Let me tell you, we still have some areas in our region that have dead zones. There's absolutely no um, internet there, or there's a very limited number of internet providers. And by limited, I'm talking about one maybe, if you're lucky. So that can be a challenge. The farther you go, Um, Or I mean, you really sometimes don't even have to go that far uh, to hit a dead zone. So keep that in mind. I really recommend getting on board with a builder before you even um, start looking for a vacant land, because the builder can tell you... Uh, you know, he can look. He or she can look at the lot, or at the listing, and can you even tell you if it's worth pursuing it or not? If it's gonna, if you're gonna fit into your budget of how much you want to spend on the on the whole uh, house, you know, considering the um, price for for the lot and putting all the infrastructure in and actually building the house. So, get on board with a builder. I recommend checking out Asheville. Um, Home Builders Association website, I'm going to drop a link down in the description so you can check it out. There's a lot of um, local builders that are listed there. Not all, but I think most of them are there. Reach out to them. I know a lot of them are super duper busy right now. They're probably not going to respond right away. Uh, Builders are not known for best uh, communication. Speaking from experience, but be persistent and try to get on board with the builder, really. And last but not least, point that I really would like to uh, stress about is financing. Now, when you, if you're paying with cash, then you know you're done. You're done with this video. Thank you for watching. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to this channel <laughs> and hit a little bell. Um, but if you decide to, or if you plan on financing uh, this vacant land, you need to make a research now if you are just thinking about it because, okay, so lenders, uh, we have the biggest amount of lenders who finance houses, right? That's, that's the biggest number of lenders who finance single family homes, then we have less lenders that fin- will finance uh, construction to perm loan. And then even less so who would finance vacant land. It's really unfortunate. It's, it can be such a pain um, in the neck to find the right lender who would not only uh, finance um, uh, land, but who would finance a certain type of land because some of them have some weird restrictions and rules on what kind of land they would finance, what kind of land they wouldn't finance, uh, the amount that they would finance. I know some would not finance more than I think 90,000. So this is something you really need to look into before you even thinking about it, because I mean that can you know, really make or break uh, the decision of being able to build a house on vacant lawn, land here in the Western North Carolina. thank you for listening. Do not forget to hit the follow button and leave us a review to help this podcast grow. You can also watch the videos on my YouTube channel. The link to it will be in the description. Reach out if you need any kind of help relocating to the Asheville area. And I will talk to you next time.